You're listening to the Popzara Podcast. The State of Gaming. What's up? Welcome back, and hello, Halloween Spectacular. That's right, it's the Halloween... No, I'm just kidding, it's not a Halloween episode. This is the State of Gaming Podcast from Popzara.com. So spooky, talking about the spooky holiday in Halloween in October. And I can't do voices. This is Nathan Evans from Popzara.com. We are back again for the State of Gaming Gaming Podcast, our monthly podcast where we talk about the state of gaming. It's like a triple entendre without the sex. And for that, I need our special co-host, Popsara's own senior spooky G-man. I, I can't say it. I can't do this voice anymore. Corey Gallagher. Corey, welcome back. Corey Gallagher, but yes. How are you doing, Nick? <clears throat> oh, excuse me. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. Uh, it's October. So... That means games for Halloween, which ironically means not a lot of uh, Halloween-themed games at all. So we got uh, a couple spooky things on here. Yeah, some spooks. Um, but I'll say this. Uh, I'm trying to think real quick. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. One scary thing? Two scary things? Yeah, three scary things. Three. Okay. Three. three, three. Okay, so there's a few there's a few timed morsels here and there, but uh, as I said, this is our monthly podcast where we talk about the, what's going on in the world of gaming, mostly for fun. Um, nothing you haven't heard before if you're hardcore, but if you're just joining us, welcome to the crowd. So Corey, let's talk about the best games of October 2021. So take it away. Well, there's two that we can't really get around, and in no particular order, we'll go ahead and start with the one that's coming out from Ubisoft. So that would be Far Cry Six. Now, this is the one where you can have um, a pet alligator named Guapo, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, that's the first pet that you get. You can have an, yeah, a killer uh, rooster. You can have a cute little chill, like a, like a dachshund with a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the dachshund's ability is to go up and distract the enemies by being really cute. I'm not even joking. No, actually, I've been playing it, too. Uh, it's adorable, and the animations are very, very good on the, yeah. uh, on the Amigos. And I'm I'm definitely happy that the, like the amigos are now all animals instead of like you have to choose between you want a human friend or an animal friend. We always choose animal friends. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, real quick, uh, game's got a little criticism for being a little too similar. Uh, what do you think? Is that a good thing or a bad thing when it comes to this, or is it just an Ubisoft thing in general? I've always thought that was a weird criticism to have for games that are in a, that are in long running franchises. Like, what did you expect exactly? Like, people are like, oh. Um, you know, Final Fantasy 13 comes out and it gets annihilated because people are like, "Oh, it's not like the other Final Fantasy Final Fantasy games at all." But then Far Cry 6 comes out and it's like, "Oh, it's too much like the other Far Cry games." So, I, I don't think the average person really knows what they want, and it's not really like game reviews in general. I say as a game reviewer, not super relevant. Go ahead and watch uh, watch some gameplay. Well, you've already <clears throat> excuse me, coughing today. You got a full disclosure. Uh, you have a review up for Far Cry 6 already, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I thought it was great. I had a great time with it. So I know uh, a lot has been made about the new baddie because Far Cry Far Cry is a little bit like James Bond in that they've been getting famous people and they're trying to have – or not so much famous, but they're trying to have very memorable baddies in there. Yeah, Far Cry Far Cry is definitely – it does owe a, lot, owe a lot to James Bond in the sense that like the interesting character in each film tends to be the new bad guy rather than Bond. Yeah, and I, I, I've, I've had – did you, I haven't seen. Have you seen No Time to Die? Speaking of James, I've Bond. not. I've not. Um, I've heard that it's uh, iffy. Uh, I'll just say this: we have a review on the site. You can um, our our critic Christian liked it, but I will say this: um, if you haven't seen it yet, do not let anyone spoil it for you because this is a James Bond movie where spoilers actually mean a thing. Really? Uh, yeah. So, but I know a lot have been talking about uh, Giancarlo Esposito, who's a very very good actor, uh, mostly known for Gus 
on what's Breaking Bad. That, yeah, Bessie, wasn't he the guy who got killed in Breaking Bad? Spoiler alert. Yeah, oh, spoiler alert for almost a 10-year-old show. Uh, but don't worry, he was resurrected in the prequel Better Call Saul, where he has actually uh, been elevated to a, a bigger character. Okay. He's, he's the uh, he's the evil drug dealing chicken magnet who who um, uh, propagates drugs via a raid of chicken restaurants. I see. It's pretty cool. It's pretty genius. Um, I don't know. He doesn't really stand out in Far Cry Six to me as much. I thought he'd be more devilish and evil, but like I didn't I didn't go into Far Cry Six expecting to blow my mind with the depth and quality of its story. Which um, I think I mentioned in the review. One thing that happens is that your character is like, oh, the American dream. It doesn't come in our color. And then, like, less than five minutes later, he talks about, oh, I love being a gorita. Killing people <laughs> is so much fun. It's like, well, yeah, no, you can't come to America if that's how you see things. We don't want you here. Like, I'm not sure anybody wants you. Well, I, I've always got a kick out of all the Ubisoft uh, Far, uh, Far Cry games where you can heal any wound by either cracking your fingers, burning yourself with a cigar, or just pulling splinters out. Oh, yeah, no, in this case, like, digs around some pliers and pulls out a bullet. It's great. You know, like, I don't know how you got a bullet in your arm if you fall off a cliff, but we'll take it. Yeah, but don't worry. If you fall off a cliff, pulling the bullet out will save everything. It'll make it all – burning yourself with a cigar will – Even will... even drowning. Like, drowning somehow manifests bullets inside of your body that you yank out with a, some set of pliers and you're fine. I'll say this. I think I'm about halfway through the game. I'm having a good time with it, but I understand the fatigue part. But I think that might be me for spacing them so close together. But you know, it's it's weird. I, I don't feel like Far Cry, like even New Dawn, did not come recently enough that I feel like I didn't want more Far Cry at this point. I'll say this. I like I said, the game looks beautiful. If I had a better PC, it'd look more beautiful. But it looks pretty good on my PC. My PC is pretty good. Uh, yeah, Mine's Far, all right. Far Cry Six. So what's next? Uh, the other spooky game, and well, this is actually the first of our spooky games, uh, Metroid Dread, which mm. is actually the revival of an old Metroid game that got canned. Yeah, we see that a lot. Now, Metroid Dread can also be technically called Metroid 5, if I remember. Yeah, Metroid Dread is basically the sequel to Metroid Fusion, which in turn is kind of sort of a sequel to Metroid Zero Mission, I guess. Um, point being, like, this is a, a slightly different take on the Metroid formula. Uh, your big baddies now are the Emmy robots, which are immune to your weapons. You have to go and sneak around and hide from them and look for, like, a single-use super weapon and take them out. So it, in, it like, adds kind of like a survival horror element to it. Think uh, Tyrant or Nemesis. On yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good comparison, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been playing Dread. I've been liking it. It's, it's frustrating in all the ways a Metroid game can be frustrating. But I will say this. The battles with the Emmys or EMIs or whatever are very good. Um, it's interesting how they, they position them when you actually go ahead and take them on, how the, the gameplay changes a little bit and it forces yeah, you to perspective. You've switched from being the hunter to the the hunted to the hunter, and it's a really interesting concept because the uh, arenas are obviously built for this kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I will say this though: talk about games that don't have sequels every year. Uh, Metroid Dread. I I think it's going to be the first Metroid blockbuster game. I think Nintendo has done something they've never really done. They've actually kind of advertised it and tried to make you like it. You know, so, along those lines, I've got to say, Metroid Dread is one of those games that really reminds me how little the average person who plays games knows about the game industry yes. and, like, how games sell. It, it boggles the mind. Like, people are like, oh, you should all buy Metroid Dread. I'm like, if every single person that you know and every person they knew and every person those people knew bought Metroid Dread, it still would not move the needle even an inch. You are wasting your time. Well... I have a more pessimistic view of it, and I say this with kindness to Metroid Dread. Cause I think you, you can be more pessimistic than that, really? Well, trust me, it's going to be pessimistic. 
Um, Metroid's one of my favorite franchises. It's always been. Um, I consider the Metroid Prime series, especially the first one, maybe the third one, uh, masterpieces and uh, I, uh, among the best of their generation, if not the best. Sure. But, I, but I will say this. Um, Would you say they're the Citizen Kane of games? No, see, actually, people, people, <laughs> see, people don't need to be told to like Metroid, whereas Citizen right. Kane, people have to be told to like it. But I will say this, though. I will say this. I, Metroid's not for everybody. It does not have the universality of a Mario or a Zelda or even a Star Fox. And I don't mean any meanness when I say this. It's just not for everybody. It's very, I would agree with that. It's like, very a lot hard. Of the, it's hard. A lot of the backtracking not going to be for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And people forget, like, Metroid is one of those pivotal Nintendo series that doesn't get a lot of credit for defining the genre that it's in. It's technically right. the first open-world game, if you think about it, like the original Metroid. Right. And, well, you know, a lot of backtracking go back in here. Oh, this this area's opened up. I'll go way, way back there. A lot of backtracking, but a lot of fun. But I'll say this. Uh, if it's if it's not for you, it's not for you. But if it's for you, it's for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll even go so far as to say that, you know, maybe there aren't a whole lot of, like, Metroid-branded Metroid games. There are a whole lot of Metroidvania games that come out every year. Yeah. And if we compare Metroid Dread to one of the more recent big ones, which would be Bloodstained, um, I would say Bloodstained actually wins out. I like Bloodstained a lot. Aren't there two Bloodstains? Blood no, two. there's Bloodstained itself, which is like a Metroidvania, and then there's the NES kind of demake versions of Bloodstained, and there are two of those. Well, you just reminded me of my nerd fact that uh, Metroid Dread was created by, was it um, Mercury Steam, is that developer? Yes. Who got famous, well, infamous, making uh, the only 3D Castlevania games worth a damn. That would be, uh, what were they? Lords of Shadow. Is it Lords of Shadow? Lords, Lords of Shadow, and then the other one is Mirror of Fate. And but also they also made hint hint a two D uh, game in that spinoff saga of the of the Castlevania games that for the three DS that caught Nintendo's eye and basically Nintendo rushed in to save them from death, right? And they resurrected them ironically. So just as the fates have it, um, Mercury Steam has is the only developer who actually worked on the two games that in the Metroidvania genre. Yep. How about crazy, that? Crazy. Um, I'll say this, next though. next one, though. Real quick, okay. I, I, got, I got a big question for you, though, and this is – you don't have to answer it fully. Sure. Uh, Metroid Dread is clearly a Game of the Year contender by all accounts. Yes, I'd say so. My question, though, is it the Game of the Year in, no, a, game in of this the, year? Game of the Year is probably a game we forgot to put in our list here. They, probably um, Inscription. I'm going to say it's probably Inscription. Okay. Well, are we talking Corey's Game of the Year where – or are we talking like Corey's Hidden Game of the Year, like Hades, where eventually everyone caught on to it? Ah, uh, you're talking like something that everybody will have played and will say is game of the year. Yeah, not, not um, you know, not a contrarian game of the year where everyone's avoiding the obvious and they want to look cool, so they say the opposite. But I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like a really big stuff that's launched this year. Not a lot. That I would think about. Yeah, no, there's nothing that really leaps out to me. So I mean, if we're thinking of like something everybody knows about and would, I'm, I'm looking it up. Hold on. I'm trying you're to think, like, what the hell came out this well, year that would be... A lot of re well, a lot of stuff that came out the year, this year is stuff that came out other years. A lot of yeah, remasters. Yeah, there were a lot of remakes and remasters this year. And the, yeah, I'm not saying there weren't a lot of good games, because there absolutely yeah. were, but not well, a lot of stuff that was kind of entirely new. I mean, we have good options, like uh, Disco Elysium, the final yeah. cut, which yeah. came out uh, a few remaster, months ago. It's a remaster, though. It's a remaster. It's a remaster, yeah. So oh. if we're saying like something that is entirely new that could be game of the year, then well, we've got this... We've got Returnal. We've got Lost Judgment. I think are our three contenders right now. Well, let me final question about this though, and this is a big one. For a long time, uh, speculators and charlatans and clickbaiters alike all said, "Oh, a Switch Super, a Switch Pro's coming." 
And we've been pretty adamant there was not one coming. Instead, we got the Switch OLED, which apparently is beautiful. I'm told it's real nice. I can't find one, though. Yeah, I can't find one. But when you play Metroid Dread, even on a stock uh, Switch, I think you could make the case that Nintendo doesn't need new hardware right now. It looks beautiful. It runs like a charm. And I will you know, die on the hill that a mm-hmm. game that is stylized well enough mm-hmm. does not need to have super impressive graphics. I mean, we're not talking about a game that you know would run better on a PC. We're talking about a game that is suited for the platform. Um, but I also will say this. We did not put the games on our list, and they, frankly, they don't really merit talking a lot about. But uh, the Crisis Trilogy remastered has come out. And most notably... Yeah, I've been playing some of that, yeah. Um, the, so as far as that goes, yeah. um, we'll go ahead and toss it out there so we brought it up anyway. Yeah. Um, if you like Crisis 2 and Crisis 3, and you have to understand that I mentioned these two specifically because they are yes. not like Crisis 1 at all, um, then yeah, they're great. They look a lot better. They play a lot better. Uh, I say a lot. I don't, mean, I don't mean a lot. I mean they look somewhat better if you have the hardware to do that, and even if you don't, they never well, really look bad. Well, here's the thing, though, Corey. Don't forget that after the disaster of Crisis 1, uh, the developer, uh, forgive me, I don't... Crytek, is it? Um, Crytek. Disaster? What happened? Well, what happened is they scaled down the games considerably to to be more console-friendly, and that's where we get the PS3 and Xbox 360 versions. Oh, what you mean... Well, yeah, what you mean is the, the way in which 2 and 3 are different. Yeah, most, 2 and 3... Yeah, most people experience those games on in inferior versions. Yeah, that's accurate. I would definitely say that most people would have played 2 or 3 on a console, and those are good console games, mm-hmm. but... If you want an experience like Crisis 1, I would argue we haven't had one well, in a while. Kind of Far Cry. But... Far Cry-ish, but Far Cry doesn't have like the powers. I guess Far Cry 6 uh, has those Supremos, the um, the backpack things that you use. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, who's who, but anyway, we'll talk about Far Cry 6. But, well, the ironic part is, is that a very good way to, pay, to play a superior version to Far Cry, I'm sorry, uh, Crisis 2 and 3, is ironically on the Switch. Because... Yeah, because it's cloud-based, right? So No, not at all. Um... They're uh, not, really. No, Crisis 2 and 3 on the Switch are better versions of the games that came out on the PlayStation and Xbox. So even though the Switch is the least powered console, and you could probably get better versions on the PS5 or PS4, um, if you play the Switch versions, you're playing a better version than had, than had you only played on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Uh, I mean, that you would expect that, though, because that's been two generations since. Like, it is crazy, though. I mean, it's just ironic. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's a real version of ironic, not the Alanis Morissette version. You know what is ironic, though? Yeah. The fact that we, we are talking about next-generation games that are not going to be available on the Switch. Yeah, well, it's going to happen. So another big game we have coming out here pretty soon is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. And I've been keeping my eye on this one for a while. Um, I'm going to be real here. I've not really seen many of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. I think I've seen this Okay, so let me actually be clear. <laughs> I've seen the first Guardians of the Galaxy, not the second one, and I think I saw the first Spider-Man film back when it was like transitioning to the MCU. So you're incomplete. Yeah, like I, you know, I'm told these are good films, and well, um, it's funny too because I, I was also told that Thor Ragnarok was a really good movie, and that Guardians of the Galaxy is very similar. But I'm not seeing that one either. Well, ironically, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy essentially rebooted the cinematic universe to make it more comedic and funny. I see. And. Um, that's the lead now, by the way. You're totally right. Like, it's all funny. It's all comedy. And I think Thor is teaming up with the Guardians in the next movie. So, uh, didn't he? I'm pretty sure there was, like, a big thing, Infinity War, that came out, and all the characters teamed up, and yada, 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 and oh, all my yeah. coworkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big thing. You mean the biggest movie ever. Yeah, it, it happened. Yeah, <laughs> so. like, all my coworkers who, like, <laughs> don't play video games and don't read comics and now all of a sudden talking about Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. I'm just over here rolling my eyes. Like, I don't want to hear you talk about this. Get the fat out of here. 
well, get, get the heck out of here. Heck. I don't, don't worry, we got beeps for that. Listen, I was going to say this. Here's what it comes down to. Um, like a comic book, everything rolls in together. Everybody's having fun. There's, it's really lightweight. There's not a lot of what you would call real substance. People die, they come back, click your finger, whatever. It's fun. People enjoy it. Um, I will say this. The Guardians of the Galaxy do it better than most. And if you haven't seen it yet, watch 2021 Suicide Squad. It's directed by the same guy, James Gunn. It's the same type of humor, except there's more blood, <clears throat> more violence, people actually die, and it's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen of the game, it looks like some kind of cross between, say, Uncharted, maybe a little bit of Mass Effect and Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll have to see how it goes. Can't be worse than the Avengers, it cannot, right? It cannot be worse than Avengers, it's absolutely true. There is another game, though, we have coming out pretty soon, a spooky-ish game. A spooky-ish game? It's spooky-ish. Like, I've been playing with some friends lately. We're talking today about Back for Blood. Back for Blood is the sequel to Left for Dead. Um, sequel, I say. It's not sequel actually or a spirit, sequel. Or spiritual it's a, sequel. Yeah, it's a spiritual sequel. Spiritual Whatever. sequel. Yeah. You know what I mean. And I've been playing with friends. It is literally just more Left for Dead, which amounts to uh, you stay with your friends in a big clump. You hope that you have everybody on voice chat. If somebody random shows up, they're going to rush ahead and get killed. You know how it is. Well, you remember um, you remember Top Gear on BBC, the good version of Top Vaguely. Gear with Clarkson and all that? Well, Vaguely. eventually, when he got when they got replaced, uh, the three guys went to Amazon and they made a similar – the exact same show. But instead of calling it Top Gear, they called it the Grand Tour. Like they even used the same initials. Right. So, yeah, it's the same thing. So Back for Blood is basically Left for Dead. I mean, yeah, that's basically it. Correct. Not a bad um, thing. Yeah, it's a good time, and more importantly, it's on Game Pass, and, like, I, we talk up Game Pass all the time as if Microsoft were paying us. They're not, by the way. I wish they would. But um, I will say in cases like this, where you have this multiplayer-focused game on Game Pass, you can get your friends to play with you, and, like, that's really cool. Like, you can sell this really easily, too. Like, man, this is a zombie game. It's a lot of fun. We need four people. A month of Game Pass is ten bucks. Here you go. Well, the question is, uh, will that be enough... Because Game Pass, is it cross-platform between PC and Xbox, or just, is it... So, actually, I don't know. I've only played with PC people. Hard to say. Hmm. It is a... Well, Keep in mind, the Left 4 Dead was hugely popular on console. Um, it still is. People still play it. Well, mostly because it's split-screen, of all things. So, yeah, true, true. Is it split-screen now, still? I'm not sure. I haven't... I never played it on console. Hmm. Well, some of us aren't snobs, Corey. So, well, some so, of us aren't as great as me. Some of us like control pads. Yeah, I can't blame you for being worse than me. It happens. Well... I'll, let me lead off on the next one because I've been waiting for this one for a very, very long time. I got to say, I've been waiting for this one for a very, very long time three times. Uh, Age of Empires 4, a game that I Age never of thought would see. Age of Empires 4. Now, yeah. I'll admit, I didn't really play. I mean, I played a little bit of the remasters for review. Um, I would never say I'm an expert in the series. Well, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole history of it, but long story short, it's one of those games that Microsoft started acquiring game studios back in the 90s and early 2000s. Right. As, you know, as they were amassing their grand plans. What was it, Ensemble Studios? Yeah. I and so. in the midst of Blizzard games like StarCraft and WarCraft, this was a, a very different take on it. This wasn't Dune, you know, wink, wink. This wasn't Command and Conquer. This was basically uh, StarCraft on steroids. But instead of aliens, right. you had civilizations. And the game was so popular, it never died. Like Age of Empires 2, forget the first one, but Age of Empires 2 never died. It's still being updated by Microsoft. Or Man, up that is crazy. Well, the problem is uh, it's resisted all remasters. Like, it's it's got HD, but it was never properly remastered with new graphics. People just kept going on. And the reason being is because Age of Empires 3 was a cluster cluck. They, Microsoft took all the goodwill and flushed it Was it really it all that toilet. bad? No, the game itself was okay. But the problem was, again, Microsoft was imitating um, 
uh, what's Blizzard's uh, Battle.net? Yeah they, yeah. they were imitating it with EnsembleNet or, or whatever they called it. Uh, it didn't work. Serial, you had to do serial numbers. It became a very horrible, horrible experience. The game itself was okay. It was better than Warcraft 3, but right. no one could enjoy it because of all the restrictive stuff. I mean, that's why people bootlegged a lot, because of that crap, where you couldn't play your own game if you lost the box. I'm going to so, throw something out to you right here real quick. Hmm. Uh, here's another game you shouldn't play by yourself. You shouldn't play your own game. Which one? Our next one. Our next one? Oh, I was going to say, look, anyway, Age of Empires 4 is coming out. I know nothing. I've kept silent. But I will say this, final thoughts. Microsoft has been tinkering with it. They've made free-to-play versions. They've made package versions. They've made all sorts of things. This one's by a new developer. Uh, what? Who is it? Who is it? It is by Relic Entertainment. I don't know if you know who they are. Nope. They made Warhammer. Uh, wait, no, the name is familiar. What else? Name? Company, make... Company Heroes, Warhammer. Yeah, okay, yeah. I knew it was familiar somehow. So, but, but basically, poor Ensemble Studios has been so... Um, absorbed into the stream. I think the last thing they really worked on or a version of them was the um, the Gears of War. No, is the was it Halo Tactics? The Halo real-time strategy Halo game? Wars. Halo Wars. Halo Wars. Yeah, so that's about, that's pretty much it. And so we'll see about Age of Empires 4. It looks it looks much more like Part 2. We'll see. So games that look much better than their previous entries. Hmm. We have the latest entry in the Dark Pictures anthology here, our third spooky game on the list. We have four. This is the third. The fourth one is coming up next. The third one is the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes. You know what? I'm sure, I know the franchise is good, but that naming structure, it sounds like a Hammer film. It does. It really does. <laughs> so, One interesting point about this one, I'm not going to spoil too much. Let's just say that the first two games, there's a big plot twist, and they don't, they don't turn out to be what you thought they were. Mm-hmm. Every indication is that that's not the case here, and that's exciting. I've not played it yet. I would love to write about it for us. I don't think we've seen any copies of it show up. It'd be great if we did. Either way, I'll probably give it a shot. Uh, this is a franchise that is great to play with friends. Yes, and I know you're a big fan of it. And like you said, there's not a lot of subverting expectations. It's pretty straightforward. In this case, yeah. I think this one is pretty straightforward. It's like, kind of like a monster movie. It's a great, like, it's just a great choice for this time of year. Well, you know, you know, we talked about Back for Blood a minute ago, and we talked about it similar to Left for Dead. And one of the reasons I never liked Left 4 Dead, and I'm not sure I'm going to not like Back 4 Blood, is that they say you're facing zombies, but you're really not facing zombies. You're uh, facing in Back 4 cre- Blood, yeah. They're, they are worm-infected. They're, they're parasite-infected creatures of some variety. Well, I mean, they're big, and they explode, and they're fat, and they're, you know... Like, I would love a zombie game. I would love... I know this sounds terrible. You know, go originality, but I would love a straightforward, predictable premise. You know, we did that. We did that with uh, Dead Rising, and it was fine, so you're not wrong. <laughs> oh, Oh yeah, Dead Rising had a straightforward, predictable premise. The guy, the, the you're a one, you're a photographer in a mall of zombies where you have to shoot pictures. Yeah, no, yeah. the first one was pretty straightforward, predictable. Let's be real. Yeah, it 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 went it went off in that same direction that Resident Evil went and never came home. Yeah, kind of. Especially like you to the fourth one, it's nuts. Yeah. So speaking of um, but speaking Third of one, sorry. speaking of predictable premises though, so final game. Uh, our final spooky game spooky. is uh, it's about a plumber, a plumber trapped in a world full of craziness. Who is attacked by evil biting mushrooms? It's nuts. Uh, Mario Party Superstars. You know. <laughs> well, if you think about it, if you could just tweak the theme, it's a. It is. He's he's trapped in hell. That's true. If he's going it, into the true. depth of hell, facing creatures and fireballs. Just never turn back. Yeah. You know the only the only time that a Mario game ever legitimately freaked me out was I think it was New Super Mario Brothers on the DS where you you know they recreate the scene when Mario hits the ledger hits a ledge and Bowser goes into the lava and then Bowser comes back as a skeleton. He comes back as a skeleton and that disturbed me. I was like, this is this is just 
You're not supposed I mean, to die. You're not supposed it, it, to... Didn't, it didn't disturb me because you saw it a lot in like the preview material, but yeah, if I didn't know it was coming... But it's like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like in, in, in subsequent games, they erase that sort of nonsense and eventually everyone is acknowledged that we're just having a big party and we're having fun here. Yeah, like no, nobody is actually being heard at any point. Yeah, and so, I mean, but this is a collection of Nintendo 64 Mario parties, isn't it? I believe so, so far as I know. Honestly, like the Switch is hard enough to find that I don't have a lot of friends to play this one with. Like <laughs> the, the idea being that like, oh, you get all your friends together with their Switches, they bring them over. Nobody can buy a switch. You know, that, doesn't happen. that doesn't happen in real life, by the way. That you, it happens in the commercials. It doesn't. Hey, let's go to the bar and put the switch up, and let's all yeah, play. Yeah, no. In, in real life, it amounts to, hey, I hope you guys have a switch so we can play online, even though you live like two minutes away. Yeah, you you go to a bar and bring out your switch. Your ass is getting robbed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so don't do that. PSA: Don't play your and switch that, in a bar. Don't bring don't bring your expensive. Like, if you ever see like a steam a steam deck <laughs> commercial showing somebody bring a steam deck onto a plane, don't do it. Yeah, well, steam decks don't exist quite yet, though. So we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll see if it ever comes out. So, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good games this month. A lot of good games this year. Uh, I wish we had more spookiness, but I mean, I, I think if we went into so the wait 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 before we stuff, before we wrap it up, hmm. one last thing. We have one last spooky game. That would be Inscription. Okay, you talked about this. You said it's the best of the year. So. I, I did. I, I would say so far it is the best game I played this year. Inscription. The idea is basically you are you're playing what amounts to like a version of Yu-Gi-Oh in a spooky cabin against an enemy that you can't see, and if you lose, he's going to kill you. So you got to play the game really well, even though you've just started playing, you don't understand it. Uh, to be fair, you you have a review for this on the site, don't you? I do, and the thing with the review is that I had to like not talk about a significant portion of the game because it's uh, anything would be spoilers. Everything would be spoilers. Yeah, that's that's a self-imposed embargo because you, yeah, you because care I, you care about the. Uh, yeah, I feel like if if you're the kind of person who thinks that this initial part sounds good, you should probably play it because there's more going on than what I talk about. I will say this for the benefit of those people listening who don't know what you're talking about. Can you spell this game? Because I believe the spelling is different. Uh, I n s c r y p t i o n inscription like scribe s c r y p. Crypt like like cryptocurrency, like or tales crypt. from the crypt. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting looking game. I know you're a big fan of it. So, but yeah, game, I like game it a lot. The, I put in, game of the year, though, huh? I mean, I think it's up there. There's a few games that I would like put in the running. I would say uh, Lost Judgment, which we also review up on the site, is probably up there. I like the first Judgment a lot. This one's just as good. Yeah, those are the two big ones. Uh, Metroid Dread is up there, as we talked about earlier. Metroid Dread is great. Um, if I had the time and the energy to play New World as much as I probably could, I bet that one's up there too. It's very polished. It's a lot of fun. Well, like I said, you um, you were a big fan of Hades before it became popular, and it was interesting to watch the acclaim for Hades grow as so the what time you're, went on. what you're saying is I know what I'm talking about, and everybody should listen to me all the time forever. <laughs> no, it's just that it's interesting that we all think differently. Like like at Popsara, we don't have editors like Editor's Choice. We have editors like Possessive. So if, yes. when Corey reviews Inscription, it says Editor's Choice, that's because that's his choice, because it's not fair. I haven't played it. Some other people haven't played it. But you know you have played it. And I will say this as a little dig to our competition. Uh, he actually plays these games, people. Like, he actually physically pushes start and plays the game. He doesn't watch someone else play it all the time. And that, that can't be said for everybody who reviews stuff. I mean, I'm not going to say we're any better than you – know, I'm not going to say we're better, better than, than some. We are better than some. No, I'm not going to sit here and say we're better than Kotaku, even though Kotaku is like, hey, you should pirate Metroid Dread. Because in the end, Kotaku is getting Metroid Dread. 
We, yeah, uh, we you all, hold on. If this was if this was like the office, this is the part where we'd all look ironically to the screen directly in Nintendo's soul and say, "We don't promote piracy." Yeah, we we never said you should pirate Metroid Dread. So I think from that perspective, we're better because I fully I fully <laughs> believe that the game was fun and worth playing. You should check it out. Actually, likewise I, with inscription, et cetera, et cetera. I think we are saying don't pirate it and maybe even buy it with yeah. cash or credit, but don't steal money to get it either. Like, yeah, don't don't just steal the game. Like that's not like no matter how you yeah. feel about Nintendo, that is still a crime. You shouldn't do it. Yeah, well, it's it's crime. If, you know, crime if you have passion. a problem. If you have a problem with game piracy being a crime, please talk to your congressman. Get them to change it. Oh yeah, that'll happen. So yeah. those are that's a that's a good swash of games. So I think it's time to move on to our main feature, which is which would be the actual NPD numbers. Let's talk about those now. Now, talking from a hardware perspective, we're going to knock this out real quick because yes, yes, it hasn't yes. really changed all that much. No, but it's um, diff- it is different though because we have a new champion of the month. We do. We have a new big one this month, and that doesn't really surprise me at all to see it. A um, bunch of games that I did not think were going to make quite the splash that they did, but yet here we are. Um, I'm not seeing any new diff- big different hardware changes, are you? Yeah, actually the PlayStation 5 uh, was the best-selling console of the month. Hey, people can finally buy them. That's nice. Well, the problem I is... Love, look, I'll be real. I, I love mine. Like, I think the PS5 is a great console. Yeah, I, I will say this, though. Um, the PlayStation 5 is definitely a very, very well-respected and loved console this generation already. But I wish Sony, and I think Sony is doing this, I think Microsoft's doing it, even Best Buy, like they're giving you chances to win the chance to buy it. If you have bought a lot of stuff from PlayStation, there is a wholly realistic chance they will send you an email offering to let you buy a PS5. The world's about to experience something that PlayStation, that would be PlayStation 5 and Xbox people have been dealing with for a year, means they can't get it. We might see some supply side shortages at your local store, yeah. and we've, so we've definitely been seeing some of that. That is that is true. Yeah. So, but I'll say this though: it's a supply side thing. Is that they say it's a chip shortage? Like the excuses keep rolling off. I don't really know what's going on, but Sony and Microsoft and whatever should get together and not let bots buy these things. Yeah. So the they can be rescalped. Thing is that in a perfect world, you should be able to buy. If I want to drop like two, three hundred dollars on a two, three, four, five hundred dollars on a console, that should not be a problem. Like, I should be able to do it. Well, I mean, not entitlement, though, but it's in Sony's best interest to get the machine it's, into the hands of gamers. It's not entitlement to be able to purchase a product. No, no, no. What I'm saying is we're not entitled to buy something. Maybe there are legitimate shortages, but I would hope that Sony and Microsoft would understand that it's in their everyone's best interest to actually put it in the hands of a gamer who can buy games for it, as opposed to a, a scalper who keeps it locked in a well putting lotion on it. That's just not, and, a, you know, not a good thing. If you think it, I mean, if you think about it from the, you know, one step removed perspective where they don't really care about that, then, I mean, as long as they're selling consoles, they're fine with it. They don't make but, any yeah, money no, on the consoles, I, I, though. That's the thing. They don't make any money on them. Right. The consoles don't. Yeah, you're correct. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, while they're just sitting there collecting dust for waiting for Scalper Joe to get his $200, you know, uh, till while poor Corey's sitting there saying, twiddling his thumbs, how can I play my new Ratchet and Clank? It was pretty good. I liked it a lot. So, hey, you know what other games are good that I liked a lot? Yeah, so let's talk, let's talk about the top 20, uh, starting from number 20. So number 20 is in Mortal Kombat 11. We have heard that's going to drop off the list probably mm-hmm. next month. The unfortunate fact of the matter is they said no more DLC. Uh, they've probably got a Mortal Kombat 12 in the works. Um, if you've played the story from Mortal Kombat Aftermath, you know that that was coming anyway. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. Uh, number 19, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, that one's probably going to drop off, too, because we know Call of Duty Vanguard is coming. It is. Yeah, I, if I've tried the beta. It's have nice. you tried, so what do you, 
do you see anything wrong with it as far as visuals? Like, are they, what's, is, what's going on? No, nah, it's more Call of Duty. I have no problem with it whatsoever. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't play these quite as much as most do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of stuff to play, so when it comes down to it, I put in maybe a quarter of the time your average person would. But to me, it was fine. Like, you run around, you shoot people. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. You know, I, I don't know. At some point, I'm wondering if we're going to see, like, a merging of, like, um, the War Zones and the Vanguards, you know, where that, it'll just become one product. That would not product. surprise me. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number 18, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Now, here's the thing with this. They announced a big expansion for this game. Yes. A big old DLC expansion. Uh, most of it's free. You can pay a little bit extra. Uh, the same amount you would pay, by the way, for the expansion pass for the Nintendo Switch Online for the N64 games comes with this, too. Do you... Uh, well, get to design houses, get to customize houses. It's nice. Do you see? Because when they they didn't just announce that, but they also announced the Genesis games and the Nintendo sixty four games. So, do you see Nintendo sort of doing like a, a backwards pilot into something like a Game Pass? Because oh yeah, no, quite possibly. I will say one thing that like made me think about this one. Right, hmm. uh, New Horizons. Right, when did New Horizons come out? You remember? Over a year ago, March twenty twenty. Yeah. What happened in March twenty twenty? The pandemic. What is everybody going to connect with Animal Crossing New Horizons? Well, it's not going to be smoke signals. It, it's surely it's surely not going to be the greatest game to come back to. You know, I think about playing more of this, and then it reminds me of the pandemic, and it's like maybe it doesn't feel so good to play this anymore. So Nintendo has a big hurdle to jump over when it comes to this game. You know what's kept Fortnite and um, being what, all those all those games that your toddlers are playing popular yeah. is that they keep rolling in new content that doesn't belong like they keep that's rolling exactly in correct Resident yeah, Evil. Like, you're not going to see uh leon kennedy joining animal crossing that's what new horizon needs to do though new horizon yeah. needs to find a way to make it not the pandemic game anymore that is so bizarro world to me that we're having it, this conversation it, about animal crossing but, being a pandemic you know, game but you know i'm right like this game yeah. needs to not be the pandemic game anymore if it wants to keep selling that's true it, but it also it may have a lifespan like games Number, have lifespans. Not everything's mine, not everything's Minecraft. Number seventeen is Smash Brothers Ultimate. Have you heard about the latest news? Yeah, it's uh, just like just like Mortal Kombat Eleven. It's supposedly concluding. It is concluding. Who is the last character? Do you know? A Disney character. Well, not Disney, but you know, a Kingdom Hearts character. Disney-ish. Yeah, the last character was Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Um, Now, the weirdest thing about this is that when you play as Sora, he has all his moves and stuff from the games. Um, He does not have Donald Duck or Goofy with him. I know. It's uh, it's it's one of those things. It's like Spider-Man movies. It's like, which universe are you going to steal from? The Spider-Man yeah, like, or the Marvel one? I understand why they couldn't do it. It does feel weird that they didn't. Though, I also say that I played a fair amount of this when Sora came out. He does feel like Sora from the games. It's a lot of fun, like worth looking at. There's no question why this keeps selling so well. Number 16, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they've said they're done with the DLC for this one yet. Well, not to be confused with Valheim and all those other, you know, Viking-themed well, yeah. games. We we had a Viking thing for a while there. I think it's mostly over. It it it's definitely a it was definitely a fad. Yeah, um, but Valhalla is a great game. Um, I talked I talked to some people about this in real life a while back. Um, Valhalla runs into the issue where it is so much of a game that you may be sick of Valhalla before you finish it. There's so much. It is at least 100 hours of game. Well, remember, if you go into Olive Garden and they offer you unlimited breadsticks, you will get mm-hmm. filled up on junk before you get the salad. So exactly be, correct. So be careful. You can literally fill up 
on something. Just because it offers you so much doesn't mean you'll eat it all. Number 15 is a game that we just reviewed recently, WarioWare Get It Together. A solid game. I really liked it. Um, it, fu- it functions well on the Switch. It is a hell of a lot better than the ones that involved uh, turning your console upside down. <laughs> they, um, uh... It's better than Spookware. I, I still think WarioWare had the best trailer at E3. Well, whatever you called E3 this year, I thought it was. I thought it reminded me of those Cho Niki games from Japan with the right. wild up bodybuilders. I really, really hope they bring actual E3 back next year. I think they will. I think. They I will. doubt I, it. I I don't think anybody wants to stop doing pandemic stuff for a while. So it makes everybody feel really good to just hide in their house. As long as there's somebody who can exploit, there'll be stuff to exploit. That's a good point. Speaking so. of exploitation, number 14, Minecraft. It's still here. You can still <laughs> buy it on console. That's basically all there is to say. 13 is Sonic, Sonic Colors Ultimate. Um, uh, I reviewed that one recently, too. Uh, weirdest thing about this, there are no more lives. You cannot die unless... Uh, well, let me let me try to refine that. You can die, but mostly you don't die because Tails saves you. Yeah, but can I say one thing, though? You mentioned Metroid Dread, and you mentioned how people were bootlegging it via that package emulator. Um, yes, that people, well, the same thing happened with this, and I will say this, and I'm not going to name any names because, quite frankly, I didn't follow this story very well. But the same thing happened with Sonic Colors, is that people yep. were reviewing and talking about a game they clearly bootlegged. and uh, Like, that, the, the yeah. fact that we would allow this to happen, like, even if there's a correction on Kotaku saying that, oh, we didn't mean to encourage the piracy of Metroid Dread... Like, we are at a point in the game industry where Nintendo will not take you down for that. Well, they'll take so, little Kotaku people down. Should be down. Well, like, uh, Kotaku should stop existing because they encourage with a part of a Nintendo game. Like, that is wrong on a number of levels. Well, they get away with it by, by, by saying it's, oh, of course it's been leaked. Of course it's, which, which in turn, by the way, I guarantee half the editors who work there are bootlegging stuff. Almost um, certainly. But when you said Sonic Colors, though, you had the Switch version being bootlegged, and it was an inferior, broken version, and so the opinions of the game were bad. People were posting videos and having to be shamed into admitting they were posting pictures. These are legitimate yes. journalists, by the way. I just want to say, in the industry, these are people who have press press badges. Um, I want to point out, yeah. real quick, I tell everybody who asks me, like, oh, you're a game reviewer, what's it like? I'm like, there are maybe 100 to 150 people who write every single game review that you will ever see. Yeah. It, it is not like there is a big, diverse coalition. It is like 100 people yeah. who if write that, every that. review that you ever see. If that, yeah. Yeah, it's very small. Like, please do not – like, I say this despite being somebody who writes game reviews. Don't listen to game reviews. Well, it is the same people every time. I will say this. I don't watch them, and they're not my cup of tea, but I can see why people prefer streamers. Yeah, I do. because you're seeing the game. You are yeah. seeing the game in action. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing a, you're seeing someone that you can identify with as opposed to someone who feels they're better than you. And Correct. if you like a game for X whatever reason, then you must feel ashamed because of X amount of reason. And I'll tell you, like, yeah. you can't like this I game. Don't, I don't always agree with you, but you are yeah. correct in this case, absolutely. Well, but maybe. what do you think about... Yeah. Number twelve, the Diablo Primeval Collection. What the hell is the? What oh the hell God. is that? I, I got to tell you something. I'm full disclosure. Activision, the people at Activision really like Popsara. They send us everything we ever we've ever asked. They're very great. They're the best. But I will the say Diablo this: the Diablo Primeval Collection. Hold on. I'm, yeah, but I don't, I've never heard of this. Looking it up right. I thought it was Diablo Two Remastered. I've not or resurrected. heard of it either. Actually, it yeah. is okay. So it is. I see. Okay, it is Diablo Three. And Diablo 2 Resurrected on the Switch. And okay. yes, I can see why people would like that, because that is a really good fit for a mobile game. Yeah. So, I mean, I just want to say, like, uh, you probably are more familiar with Diablo 2 Resurrected. 
as a standalone. But and yeah, I played that, and Chris uh, Chris from our site played that, and he liked mm-hmm. it, and I liked it. Yeah, I know it's an older game, but I think people are really excited uh, about where things are going. We're just getting we're at the point now where we have portable versions of these old games, so that's pretty fantastic. You know, this is the situation where I'm like, you know, I, I, I seriously consider buying games on my Switch just because, hey, it's nice to have a portable version of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not we're not advocating Switch in general, but if they do a good job and it, it's appropriate, it's not a crap version. It's a version. Um, Speaking of the Switch, number 11, Mario yeah. Kart 8. Woo! Speaking of uh, not Switch, number <laughs> 10, Life is Strange True Colors. I've played some of it. It is not my kind of game. I'll be reviewing it eventually, but it is not my kind oh, of game. But one one comment about this, just one comment. Mm-hmm. This is why we should not have episodic games. Because when you put the whole thing out, people can play it at their own convenience. When they can, it will sell better. So this yeah, is it. Absolutely. So no and more we episodic. See the proof right here. We yeah, see no the more proof right no... here. True Colors, full game. Comes yeah, out completely. Full game. It's number 10. Yep. Number 10, straight on the list. That's impressive. Number nine, Miles Morales, get a free PS5. Number eight, Ghost of Tsushima, that probably, it doesn't say that it includes the special edition, but I bet it does. Yeah, this it's is, good for your PS5. Yeah, these are P, these are PS5-influenced games on this list. These are not PS4 versions. These are PS5 yeah, versions. Absolutely. Number seven, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Blops, as we call <laughs> it, Cold War. Um, It's funny, too, because Cold War is not the newest one. Cold War is the second newest one. Yeah, it's it's getting difficult. Like, this is why I wish they'd go back to numbers. Yeah, me too. Uh, number six, Deathloop. Deathloop is not available on uh, Xbox. It's only available on PS5. Here we are again. PS5 exclusive. Deathloop is a very good game, by the way. I completely forgot about Deathloop in my Game of the Year runnings. It should be in um, there. I will say this, though. This is an ironic game, and I want to say what this is. Only comment. You like this game. A lot of people like this game. This is Bethesda, which is owned by Microsoft. This is mm-hmm. a game that charted on the PlayStation. You will probably yep. not see this again. So that just, is very just, likely, yeah. But uh, yeah. Microsoft is going to purchase Bethesda all in all. Didn't they, they already did, it, didn't they? Yeah, it's well. Yeah, not only did they do it, they integrated it with uh, Game Pass, and I was actually surprised oh. this game wasn't on Game Pass. But... Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six going to be on Game Pass. Just wait. Number yep. five, Diablo Two Resurrected. Um, you know, you go on Reddit, and Reddit's like, "Oh, Blizzard is the worst. They're terrible. They treat, they treat their employees mm-hmm. like crap." Blah da 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 da. But yet, here it is. Like, how much do your controversies matter when it well, debuts at number five? Because the average consumer isn't stupid and childish. Uh, Activision is a company that employs thousands of people. Thousands and thousands of people make these games. A very like, small be, handful of executives do bad things. Don't uh, punish the company as a general for everything. I want to be the unfortunate person who says that the average person who buys games, and there are, for every one of you people on Reddit, there are a thousand of these people. They go to GameStop to buy their games. They pre-order every time because the clerk asks them to, and they don't think twice about it. They just buy whatever's new. They see Diablo 2. Diablo 2 seems great. Let's go ahead and buy it. That is the people who run this industry, and it's not you. Hate to say it. Number four, Tales of Arise. I played it. This is the big story. This is the big software story of the month. Um, Yeah, Tales of Arise knocked it out of the park. I was not expecting that. Well, if you would have told me 20 years ago that an obscure JRPG series that never even came to America in its original form would be popular yeah. in the United States. Like, like even like 20 years ago, I could have told you Tales of Destiny. Like, oh man, this Tales of Destiny is the start of the new Final Fantasy series. Like the next time a big Tales game comes out in 2020, everybody's going to buy it. You would not have believed me. It's interesting. It's just this is this is this is what real diversity looks like on the list because the let's just say this Corey, the next uh, 3 games on the list we can bat the next out three in games two we, seconds. We don't care even about even a little. We'll knock them out right now. Yeah. NBA 
FIFA, Madden, 22, all of mm-hmm. them. That's it. All great. Who, I mean, if you like them, you like them. It's just Yeah, there's nothing wrong with liking those, but like yeah. it's cool that you can choose to not like these games and there is still something on the rest of the list for you. I will say this though. Uh the chart, the charting, the the consistent consistent charting of Madden and FIFA at in the first or second place is why you guys are getting a remake of Dead Space. Yeah. Because like, Dead Space that, didn't sell fun. well enough to on its own. That funds the Dead Space remake. You know, you complain yes. about like, oh, FIFA has all these terrible card systems. Madden has these card systems. Too many microtransactions. Blah 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 blah. Like, you guys don't take the second step and say, hey, the people who go in and they buy Diablo Two Resurrected, they don't care about the controversy because they don't even know about the controversy. Why would they? They don't care. Yeah, exactly. People like that are the ones that are buying the cards, that are buying the players, and that are funding your Dead Space remake. And I. And and I- you know what? Yeah. You're right. And I just want to – one final thought about this, and I'll shut up. Uh, when you talk about these controversies – and I'm not defending Activision. I'm not defending them. But again, Activision is more than just an executive or two or even what they call a culture. I mean yeah. these are – Yeah, you know what? You know what? Yeah. I'll go ahead and say it right now. Activision has always been good to us. We go to E3. Activision's booth is great. They're always nice and tell to us. Nobody that I've ever met from Activision has been a problem. Well, and but when even, we talk about problems, we're talking about the executives, as you say, like the high-level people. Well, even and even if they even if they weren't nice to us, it wouldn't matter because at the end of the day, uh, a company is more than just the head. Like you don't destroy an entire industry because Harvey Weinstein did some bad things. Like correct, you 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 show more constraint of this. If they work to address it, that's fine. But uh, people rely on this. A lot of a lot of programmers and developers get bonuses for sales. And if you don't like the game, that's all. That's fine. But don't sit here and get on your high horse on your toilet bowl and say that you are better than this game I'm just, because you're I'm just going to throw this angry. out there. Yeah. Many, many of the victims that you are concerned about probably worked on Diablo 2 Resurrected. Yeah, probably. Probably. And, and they'll just change the name of a character and everything's okay. So, yeah. uh, Thermidor. Thermidor. Thermidor is it. Thermidor is a game coming out on Steam, and I just wanted to throw that one out there. Thermidor. Let's move on. Okay, so, so real quick, uh, this is usually where we finish it up and we talk about everything else. Not a lot of everything else. Um, I'll just say this. Uh, I'm on Windows 11. I had some issues, but I will... Sorry to hear that. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Uh, if your Windows uh, validation bloppity bloop says you can't do it because of such and such, double check uh, because your your computer may actually have TPM2. It Not may actually time, fast though. No, no, I said Not may. Not every time. I said the qualifier. I said may. So I said it may. Mine said it didn't do it. It did. Magic. You have to go through a lot of hurdles you shouldn't have to go through. But if you do, you get Windows 11. I'll say this. For the most part, not too bad. Uh, not surprised. But I only got two stories this month, and that they're, they're only trailers. So Yeah, so Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Remastered is coming out for everything, including Switch. Have you seen the trailer? Um, I have not. I knew it was a thing. I have not seen the trailer. There's been some controversy because of oh, the way it no. looks. They've, uh, they've made the game look a little more like Fortnite. I think the remaster fine. looks fine for 20-year-old games, but you know how people are. They need something to complain about. GTA remastered trailer. There's a link in the Let's... notes. I, I put a link right in the notes for you. I'm looking right now. I'm looking right this second. Yeah. Ah. Same games, right, though. Same games. And, uh, uh, I don't see any. Oh, oh, that looks really cool. Damn. I'll say this, though. Uh, one, I guess one of the games is going to be on Game Pass, but this will be the first time a Grand Theft Auto game has been on a mainline Nintendo console for the home. Oh, man, 
Man, that looks really good, actually. People people don't like this. People don't like anything if you give them it, enough. It looks rope. really good, though. So speaking of looking good, uh, final thing is there was a trailer released for a movie I thought would never happen. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was going to put the Resident Evil trailer on here, but I decided not to because it was a second. Have you seen the Resident Evil trailer for the new movie? I have not. I'll say this: I will not judge a movie or a game until I have played it or seen it. But the movie looks like ass, and Oof. and it looks horribly miscast. And the the fidelity the fidelity to the games is such that it makes you wonder when uh, in-game graphics on Resident Evil 8 Village look better than big-budget Hollywood CGI on a film. You know um, what? We cannot get into the immense amount of discussion it would take to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. But I'll just say this. So the trailer I did want to talk about real quick, and there's not much to discuss, is they have a trailer for Uncharted, the movie. I mean, I've not seen that, but I bet I know what it looks like, and I bet it's fun. Uh, stars Tom Holland, a.k.a. Spider-Man. Yeah, and sure. Marky Mark Wahlberg. Okay, works for me. I mean, Uncharted is pretty much already Tired a movie. Fact- so. Sorry. Long, yeah, it's basically a movie anyway, but I guess the, the controversy, because there's always controversy, oh, no. is that he's too young to play uh, the character. Whatever. Are you seeing it on my screen? Uh, yes, yes I am. Yeah. It looks fine. So I, th- I, I think they went young because I think they're, they're planning on a, on a series. If they get yeah, it had, like, like, imagine with like Kingdom Hearts, like Halo Joel Osment grew out of Sora, like it happens. Well, you know the fans... he does look really. He does look really young. That's impressive. Yeah, he's only twenty five. Yeah, but, damn, uh, he, he looks it too. Damn. Yeah, I mean, you look at this and it looks it looks like a, a modern movie, but um. Yeah, but it, it's basically like a modern movie. I'm sure it's going to be fun. A lot of people thought that Nathan uh, Fillion, but he's you too old. don't use ad block. You you believe in the modern nature of commerce? No, 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 so... no, 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 no. Okay, for those who wondering what Corey is babbling about, uh, when I'm on this browser, yes. When I'm on this browser, where I know they're going to take my information, let them have it. So I I, different strokes for different folks. So Uncharted the movie coming out in February next year. So I think that's it. I think we did it. So Yeah, we totally did. We totally did it. Bleeps, bloops, and Hollywood ghouls and ghosts aligned. This has been the State of Gaming podcast from popzara.com for the month of October 2021. A lot of good stuff for you to check out. By the time you listen to this, Halloween will either be here or it'll be gone. So with that, I want to thank special guest... My frequent co-host, Mr. Corey Ghoulish Man Gallagher. Corey, welcome. Thank you again. God, you pronounced it right. That feels like I'm expanding <laughs> myself. See, Ooh. you can't do anything about it. And with that, we will see everybody on the next level. Bye-bye. Bye. Subscribe to the Pop Star Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app or service today.